Hello and welcome to the Fit for Life podcast with your host, Alan Fitton. In this podcast, I will be covering fitness-related subjects and my experiences to do with nutrition, building muscle and weight loss, to name a few, and how, above all, to keep fit for life. So, hello and welcome back to the Fit for Life podcast. Uh, as you can see, I'm joined by someone today. Um, uh, we've got our first guest on here. So, um, this is Ben Campbell. Uh, himself a, a PT and an online coach um, and today we're going to be having uh, a chat interviewing him and finding out about his past what got him into fitness what his passions what his loves are what his favorite food is most importantly um, and have a, like, a, a real good chit chat about fitness and that so uh, welcome Ben welcome glad I'm here, glad to be here yeah um, so yeah so first of all uh, tell us about uh, who you are uh, what you do yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, the floor is yours, mate. No, I will take the floor. Right, so, shock, I am a personal trainer and online coach. You would never have thought it, you know, on a fitness podcast. Wow, oh my goodness. <laughs> but no, yeah, I've been, well, fitness industry for the last five years since 18, now 23, for reference. And started off as a fitness instructor because I got sick of working in retail, which I think is probably a lot of people's story. You're going to get, you know, you're sick of going beep, beep, beep. So, yeah. Uh, got my fitness instructor qualification, started off there, taking some classes, learning the ropes, so to speak, and jumped in and out of that for a while, done a few other things, tried to do some studies, things like that. Eventually goes, oh, I'll get my personal trainer qualification, just like everybody in the country has one these days. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then thought, you know what? I've got some free time in my hands. I'll try and build up an online coaching service that hopefully provides fitness in a sustainable fashion. I'm not like all the money scrounging people there is out there that just spread misinformation and um yeah unfortunately ruin a lot of people but here we are yeah no that's true i think that there's a lot about that interesting going back to doing your fitness call do you get given that uh, that statistic of how many pts are successful and how many are are not no but i know it's not great <laughs> it's, it's not, definitely it's not, not great because <laughs> as you said i think a lot of people have a obviously most people have a like a general interest in fitness and health and that so i think yeah. people care about it and so a lot of people do a quote and i think they realize i think the, the kind of book drops 12 months in and they're mm-hmm. like actually this is this is hard work it's not yeah. uh no it's 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 nothing it's nothing easy it's nothing light i mean you can make it easy and make it light but i'll tell you one thing you'll do it for a year or two and you're gonna have to go get a part-time job like i i think that with the main problem and i remember me and one of my friends talking about this he's a fitness manager in one of the gyms i worked in um, but the, the the what would you call it the barrier to entry or the entry barrier sorry to do a level three qualification or even yeah. a level two it's too low anybody can do it and i think it shouldn't yeah. be like that yeah like uh, well, to... i think that there's not enough that i don't think there's enough knowledge and education given between the two i think i think your level three is very much similar to your level two in retrospect okay. of like, your practical Absolutely. and everything like that i think it's uh very easy to do and to get through and then for someone to have that insurance and that like i've seen trainers here that have got mm-hmm. the quals and started pt and people getting people to do <clears throat> one one rms in the first week of pt and, and you're oh just you're left. just screaming on the inside you're just you're yeah, left you are, and, 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 and you think yeah, but you think back to the qual and like well the, the quality should be teaching these people to start from the ground up and not to be chugging people at, at the other end and straight in, into yeah. the deep end and people's livelihoods and, and health and wellness mm-hmm. at, with, at risk because of um not programming effectively i know it's hard to gauge I, I genuinely it might sound a bit crazy but 
it might help the industry as a whole if there was genuinely a sit-down test that you had to complete to have a basic knowledge of nutrition, fitness, anatomy before you even get into doing your level two fitness instructor. I'm all open for anyone should be open to do anything they want. And I get that you probably have to nine times out of 10 pay for your level two fitness instructor course and pay for your level three. I know some people going through colleges and things like that can get it for free, but I mean, it must, the, the statistic of how many people complete these qualifications and I mean, never, ever, 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 ever use them. And if they do, as we both know, last six months to a year is yeah. is beyond, I don't know. I don't know. There needs to be something put in place because it just, it, ruin, it ruins it for the good coaches. You get lost in the mixture of people that are inexperienced and took people on too quickly, too soon and almost ruined it for them. And it might take them five years to ever reach out to a coach again. And then you're left to fix up the pieces. Yeah. which isn't necessarily a bad thing but yeah i just think it needs something needs done yeah no, i think a, a lot could be done could be done with it couldn't it, to improve it definitely um 100%. so let's uh jump into a bit more of your of your past ben um so tell me a bit more about your your past have you always been into fitness have you always been into sport has it always been like a common uh big interest for you uh what what um, what, what past they got the fire burning for you it's hard to say well i mean in terms of exercise and actual sport i mean Growing up, my family's like working class family, manual labor jobs. So nobody really watched much sport. I mean, it was on in the background sort of thing. I kind of just picked up football randomly myself, random thing. I remember 2005, it was George Best. Obviously, you know, the only decent footballer who came out of Northern Ireland passed away. And obviously his, you know, connection with Manchester United. I remember sitting down and watching the thing on TV. And then I started picking up football from there. Right. And then I remember one of my uncles randomly coming down and being like, would you like to join a football team? Like I would have played football in P6 to start with. Uh, joined a football team, rocked up to football training with a pair of goalkeeper gloves. And this is like a proper like team thing. You, you do that if you go to like a, one of those fun weeks during the summer, like you'll bring your gloves and stuff. But I rocked up, looked like an absolute dick. And got <laughs> made fun of within about two seconds, which, you know, quickly took the gloves off whenever it was. But yeah, no, started football. When I was, I want to say, 11, 12. Um, and then the whole way kind of throughout school, being the lanky, skinny kid, always done cross-country, high jump, sports. I did, like, I, I love football. Like, I can't lie. it's That's my first passion, and I think it always will be. It will never go anywhere. Um, did enjoy sports in school. Tried rugby, but, you know, when you're built like a lamppost, you kind of get head about enough to the point where you go, nah, I don't think rugby's for me, you know. Um, yeah. I think I'll stay away from that, so no. Football was first, um, life rolled on, continued to play football, still play football. Um, and then fitness kind of came in, well, the gym kind of came in when I was like 17, 18, which being 23 doesn't sound like it was that long ago, but to, to me, yeah. it feels ages ago. So like yeah, anyone yeah. listening, like, trust me, that feels like about 20 years ago, but even though it was like five or six. Um, but no, started the gym from there and it was very much was just so sick and tired of like wearing t-shirts in my arms looking I sound so pathetic but like terrible like skinny like like twigs like yeah. I would just you would just constantly wear hoodies and clothes to like cover up and I'm, I'm sure it's like it's the weird because it's the same things but on the opposite end of the spectrum if you're overweight you'll yeah. still cover up you'll still yeah. wear baggy clothes that's what i was like, like yeah yeah that, it, that was me yeah yeah it, it does that's it well it does make sense but you think about it it, it doesn't in a weird way and but no, but that kind of kicked off. Got a girlfriend. Wow, I know the ginger person got a girlfriend. I think I was like sixteen. I think it lasted for it lasted for two years. 
right. And yeah, well, I know here yeah, that's long for you know <laughs> for, for being 16, I suppose. Yeah. And um, that lasted about two and a bit years. It ended pretty tragically. So I was like, coming out of that, then I was like, oh my days, you are skinny. Like it was, I never like clocked that between like being in a relationship because you kind of get comfortable. You don't really care. And you're also yeah. 16, 17. So I'm sure I wasn't thinking too much about it. Um, but to kind of backtrack a wee bit, I always remembered in school, there'd be the odd time our PE teacher, our PE teacher came in around third year and he was like a rugby guy who was quite decently built. And he took us to the gym once and everyone could do a pull up except for me. Really? Like, and that stuck with me, like weirdly, because I don't know, I, in my head, I was like, well, you're really tall, so you're heavy and your skinny arms don't support your frame, which in a roundabout way is right. But I was like, I can't do a pull up. And then got a girlfriend and that went away. So it's like, I don't care about the pull-ups. It's fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then coming out of the relationship, I was like, flip, you're skinny. Like, you need to do something about this. So obviously, what do you do? You pick up the gym. Start going to the local council gym. It must have been the same size as, I don't know, a generic shed. It had like a Smith machine, a few dumbbells, a few yeah. cable machines. And I think most people there were just there to sit in the sauna in the steam room. And were probably about in their middle 50s 60s or something like that but went there started from there started eating everything drinking everything you know those shakes that have like a thousand calories per scoop oh yeah do oh I. yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh do yeah I. me um when I, when, I, when I first got into the gym me and my mate used to go to a place called ODW on the frontier uh-huh. and and the the, the, the milky the, it was a glass bottle it was like, mm. it was, it was like a, a medicine bottle. Yeah. Um, and we used to always chug one of them after training. We didn't, I did not know about calories and shit and everything mm. like that. Now we used to have a challenge. You would down it, then try and smash it afterwards. And we never could. Cause I, no. I don't know what these, what these glass bottles were made out of, but they, they, they just could, they could take a hammer in like, um, we used to love them. It's, it's just milk and chocolate. It's just like, yeah. It's, like it's just crap. calories, isn't it? Like, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I remember sat down, calculated calories, looked at everything and started researching what calorie was how do calories work youtube was my best friend i think i had a few friends that maybe kind of were into things fitness wise and but weren't overly too much in it i kind of started it for the friend group well for the friends that i had at the time anyway and yeah i remember coming home from the gym watching people like david Leed. i don't know if you've seen him just the yeah. most aesthetically pleasing person you've ever come across in your life and and that was kind of my yeah, I'll try and look like him. I'm probably the same height, you know. Why not? Definitely yeah. never going to be the case. But yeah, I remember just coming home, filling up a two liter, two liter bottle of water with two scoops, which was about two thousand calories. Goodness knows how many carbs, proteins, fats, and just I remember sitting at my kitchen table with my granny and granddad, just dining it every day. And you know what? I got that. I, I must have went from eleven stone to about thirteen stone Christ. in six months. And it was good because I felt like I was bigger. I was filling out t-shirts. Life was good. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There was a wee bit of body fat, but when you're tall, like you don't notice it as much. You don't know. So That's it true. was like, is what it is. And then slowly but surely after that, just started to like dabble in different, like, cause I just trained like a bodybuilder. I didn't even know I was training like a bodybuilder yeah. sort of thing. Everything was like three times, 12, 15 supersets, bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, like kind of throughout the years of, joining the gym and different gyms and picking up different friends and different training modalities try to be a bit of like i wouldn't say crossfit to a degree but like different aspects of everything and kind of almost because i knew long term if i wanted to be a pt 
like having these training modalities and understanding how they work and you know different sets and reps and why you do this and how you move yeah. and would eventually help me out mm-hmm. so yeah like in, in the short time period that i think i've been in fitness the amount of things that i've kind of went through in a good way like in terms of training like strength training bodybuilding training we bit calisthenics we were crossfit we were this we were that i think it's really kind of like probably why made me the coach that i am now in yeah. a weird way it, it, it is as to your scope doesn't it I, I, yeah. I, I think you can't like anything in life um i don't think you can comment on anything until you tried it yourself or don't eat yourself can you you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think it's, it's one of life's many experiences so the fact that you had all of those you know training principles but t- ticked off before coming to pt just means that your knowledge was already at a better basis than the majority of people yeah um, before yeah. you got started but no yeah it was like i think that was yeah well suppose what fitness exercise has always been football in the gym that's what I've kind of back and forth has always been the thing and then how do you balance yeah i remember like being like at my heaviest maybe 14 and a half stone ish and then i remember coming back to like my first pre-season of football being 14 and a half stone and i was moving like a boss <laughs> oh my days like oh, i was like no i can't like there has to be something in between this like i can't be 14 and a half stone and trying to run about a football pitch for 90 minutes like yeah Oh, I just first time I personally from being skinny to being heavier, the first time I ever felt my own weight. Yeah. Which it, is it, so it, strange because I'm sure a lot of people feel their own weight on a daily basis. Yeah. But like it was like, oh my days, like I actually now I'm able to empathize with people who are bigger five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten stone heavier than me, getting up off a chair. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get up off a chair. No. Like I don't blame them. No. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's hard, but no yeah football in the gym always back and forth from that tried to find a fine balance between it because there's been many days where you do legs on a monday football yeah. training on a tuesday and you come to a match on a saturday and you've still got doms like there's <laughs> nothing like honestly there's nothing worse like i'm sitting warming up for this match and i'm like my legs are so sore Pounding. everything's so sore so it was fine the balance between that and yeah, I still to this day, it's it's football, it's football, the gym, football and, and, yeah. and gym. It's, it's good that you went through that again. <clears throat> it's a life experience, the fact that you went through putting some weight on, and then you went to the pitch, and you you were then to, able to identify with bigger people. I think that's. Oh yeah. I think a lot of the struggle with a lot of people of trainers that they don't know what it's like to be big. And I, I spoke about that a, a few podcasts ago. What it's like to, to you know, have like forty kilos on your back, trying to do mm-hmm. a squat, go up a, a height of stairs, trying to run around on a football pitch. It feels different. Yeah. And as you said, you just you just don't want to move. You just rather sit on mm-hmm. your ass and do nothing because it's easier. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's hard. But uh, it's, it's good with you. I mean, football's football's a really good sport because it's it's, it's like hit training, isn't it? Because one minute you're jogging, next minute you're sprinting. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's constant. It's, it's, it's such such a good sport to do. I've got two left feet. I can't play football. Last oh, come time I, on. I, no, on, legitimately, um, I played fo- football with my best mates, whereas we used to work in Matalan. It's funny they mm-hmm. spoke about retail because I worked in retail for like 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time we played football, I legitimately chipped up my own foot. <laughs> I was sprinting with the ball, trying to do trying to control. I and legit just... left foot went over right. I literally face planted the floor. Happened. Oh, well, mate, I think that's about it. probably signing off that it maybe isn't for you. Yep. So it isn't. <laughs> 100% not a sport for me. Um, but yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, so who or what is, I mean, you spoke about David Lade uh, a minute ago. Um, he has got one hell of a, uh, he's genetically physique. blessed individual. He's, yeah. he's got an incredible yeah. physique. Um, I think, I think Arnie was one of my biggest inspirers, um, more bodybuilding. But so who or what is your biggest inspiration? This can be in Look. life. This can be in fitness, which 
if answer both if you um, want, whichever particular way you want to go. It's hard. It is hard because especially like whenever I don't know, I always like you know like people like you'd come across people and you ask them who their inspiration is, and I mean it would roll off their tongue instantly. Yeah, like they have it in their head. No, it's that person. I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I have people in mind that I would like to take things from and yeah. it's usually like a collective of people that i would like to have loads of traits from That's that good. then would like somehow make me more balanced and better person and all those types of things i mean if you were coming from a football standpoint it is so generic it's so basic but like cristiano ronaldo i can't like you can't fault the man in a yeah. sense so you yeah, can't in terms of professionalism i mean i'm sure you might if you're up to date with the news and everything that's going on at the minute you might have seen things here and there but i mean at the end of the day to be 37 38 years of age at the top of your game still on the push doing the things that you do and waking him up probably eating the same foods every day since he was 20 21 22 like it's i mean we complain about not wanting to put people on diets for any longer than 12 weeks that yeah. man has been in a constant regime for about the guts of 20 years and i think from a dedication standpoint i mean he's an unbelievable footballer and all that but i think that's maybe past you know my limitations um and that sort of thing um yeah but just kind of the way he holds himself um and yeah the dedication side of things and i think that goes the same with if i was to pick someone in fitness i couldn't pick david laid because i mean it is just it isn't just genetics but you slowly realize that yeah you know that's a massive factor i think ronnie coleman because obviously you know bodybuilder strong man at one stage at the start did bodybuilding you know obviously there's a lot of peds involved and performance yeah. enhancing things which is what it is and obviously helps you to get to where you need to be but at the same time the man worked a full-time job at out of tupperware trained every day that he could as hard as he could every single day whether he's feeling it or not he got himself under a barbell and just done things and moved things and you can't i don't think you could follow someone like that i think no, you'd go a long way to find a bad word about them so you would so i guess like some of his traits um, I think it all just stems for me as discipline because that's yeah. something that I have kind of I don't know lacked is maybe the wrong term but just if I was to take my school life like I didn't do great in school at all like I mean it was just the class clown me got a laugh out of making other people laugh yeah done well in PE which I mean you know isn't incredibly difficult to do um, but in terms of, I remember getting my GCSEs and I failed maths, failed English, passed one science, passed PE. That's a good job. Got a hey. B. Didn't even get an A, got a B. And I'm yeah. meant to be good at it. And I think everything else was like a D or an E. And like yeah. just never being a forte of mine to be able to be, because I think that's an element of discipline. Like I would just come home and think nothing of just leaving homeworks to just, I mean, when I say last minute, I mean like last, last minute. And then either just being okay with not doing them and just, I don't know, a lack of respect really for those sort of things. And even in the short period of time from going from leaving school and doing other qualifications and looking at things, it's always been something that I'd rather have more of in my life than less. Yeah. So I guess trying to look at people like that and pull and trying to absorb whatever discipline they have in their body and bring it into my own life has been has been massive from a fitness and football standpoint. I mean, if someone who is inspirational in terms of I don't know, life in general, it's had to be my granda, 100%. For context, I never knew my dad. So like, mom had me really, really young. 
never knew my dad which was fine he actually lives like really close to me which is weird right so it's not as if like he's in another country and isn't aware of my existence right. lives like down the road which is really weird another day another story but my granddad was basically my dad so like well to me he was anyway and i mean yeah. like it's it, not not that he was the same as Cristiano ronaldo and ronnie coleman but i mean the yeah. man just got up went to work discipline provided for his family and just still even though life was so grim at times still find joy in making other people's laugh like just i don't know just the aura of his existence and even just being in a room with you was like enough to make you want to do better yeah in a weird way it's weird yeah, to yeah. talk about it in that sense but like and it is so much deeper and there's more way more to it than probably words would ever actually you know be able to put it together sort of thing but yeah i'd have to say granda one probably Cristiano Ronaldo too just because Cristiano Ronaldo and then yeah. Ronnie Coleman slips in third no that's, that's good I think that I think it's, it's a good way that you brought that down there you know taking traits off of many individuals that yeah. have, have success and success is measured in different ways it's not one isn't one rule of thumb for success or to no no so I mean if we yeah. if we all wanted money I don't think we'd be personal trainers honestly <laughs> no to put it as blunt as that true like story. True story. if you wanted an easy life there's way so many other avenues you could go down i mean yeah. fitness is amazing um but at times like you know it's the most or one of the most inconsistently paying jobs there is out there i'd, I'd have to say yeah uh, yeah and there's a lot of work to put in to get to get to get to get anything back, back to get that back it. but that's why i guess it, it, it requires <clears throat> to be a passion and a love of yours so you you know so you push that that, that hard mm-hmm. on so you, you can get that comeback so you know no, yeah no they're, 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 they're brilliant um so we've got another dp here okay um so passion uh um, <laughs> what what is your biggest passion in life um and and why oh, it can be fitness bad. non-fitness related it can be it can be that you know, is a deep you're one gonna play darts at the weekend it can be anything don't feel like it has to be uh um passion i would say no football's up there but yeah no football's up i mean I mean, football is a relentless thing that you can be 12 years of age and you know whether you're going to make it or not. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I've played a decent. I got to a semi-professional level of football where in Northern Ireland, which probably isn't even the same as semi-professional in England. But, I mean, that was cool. That's impressive, though. You know. it, it's, it's something. I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel like anything because you're like, eh, it was is what it is sort of thing. But, but you, no, that was a, cool. You had a knee injury from that, didn't you? Was that? Um, yeah, no. It, well... I say it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was bad enough. It was actually one of my own teammates that caused the injury, which sounds a bit mad. It was just a whole tangle of legs. I ended up, it wasn't that bad. It was like a grade, nearly a grade two MCL tear. And then right. I think everything else was okay. So, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been like a complete tear of an MCL or an ACL. And usually when either one of those go, your meniscus gets damaged as well. Mm. Um, but it was just that one. And it was like 12 weeks recovery time which right, i mean some people then. some people get stuff on the right for freaking ages yeah but passion no that is i guess it all intertwines with kind of everything you do in a sense your passion in a weird way because over the time kind of going falling back on kind of my grand and how he was i mean the man could have worked 16 hours came home in absolute bits and he would have told you he was in the bits like he was a massive complainer like and i that's probably why i ran down and complained as well um, but I mean, if I was honestly 200 miles down the road and was like, yo, can you give me a lift? 
would complain about it, but I mean, just would get up and do it every single time. Wow. So that that almost going out of your way for everybody else and yeah. relentlessly trying to help other people would be my own passion. And I don't think, obviously, that directly correlates into being a PT and an online coach because I mean, that's what you're there to do. Like you're there to help people. Yeah. Like you're there to support people and help people. And um, but I think my own passion would just be the that relentless approach to wanting to help people no matter what the case is and it sometimes it shoots in your foot because you do too much for people and you forget about yeah. yourself but i think i'd rather do that and get to the end of my life and be like oh i should have done more yeah for that- myself rather i could rather be known to have done more for other people sort of thing than myself which you know it, yeah. it, i think is okay and so i think overall the passion is definitely just to help as many people as possible whether that's family whether that's friends whether that's fitness whatever the case may be whether it's financial help if i can help i'll help if it's fitness or knowledge if i can help i'll help if you know whatever the case may be i think it's just to almost try and they always kind of say that you try and fill your dad's shoes but you never do it so mm-hmm. to speak yeah but yeah just try and fill them as much as i can help as many people as i can regardless of their situation which you know sometimes as i say can shoot you in the foot but sure it, it can. is what it is but, 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 but i think as you said i think it's, it's, it's a better way to be my my mom was a very selfless individual and i think I, I i try to base myself very much on her and i think i'm very similar to her in some respects like that so i think i think about why we get on so well i think quite possibly is because our personality we are quite similar in, in a yeah, lot yeah. of aspects um or like, like like about you and the content that you portray on obviously we'll get into like the tiktok and other yeah. awesome content that you produce is it's very personal relatable you're not like trying to be someone you're not you just mm-hmm. you know on on a set same like playing field as everyone and just talking to people like the human um trying to you know shoot down all the misinformation and just trying to give you know good i know good but sometimes i feel people, like you know i even say this to people like whether it's on a call or a voice note like sometimes i'm overly blunt because like in my head, like I don't want to waste any time I have or any time anybody else has had. So I will be blunt with you. But yeah. sometimes like it's I forget to put on my like empathetic hat or empathy <laughs> hat and like, right. you know, realize that they may not like your bluntness too much. But in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'm saving them time because if someone just fills their head full of crap they could waste i don't know how many how much time or months or years on something yeah. whether it's fitness related yeah, yeah, yeah. work related relationship related like if you blow smoke up someone's ass like you don't realize that like it like they could just run along with what they're doing for another six months two years five years and then the penny drops where if you had just told them what it was like from the start you know sort of they might understand it better and i think we kind of touched on it before we started you know recording and all that like i kind of said that with online coaches and online clients like I tend to attract people who have had a lot going on. Mm. And I think looking at it now, it's probably because of the content I create in a, in a weird way, because I feel like because I am so plump, it might make them feel safe. And then once you're safe, you kind of have a place or a position or a person where you can kind of just give everything to. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a generic, like, fat loss muscle building coach like you just you know, like generic people will go to you because they'll be like oh well i want to lose fat for a wee bit and i want to build muscle for a wee bit or i want to learn something whereas like i think it takes a lot for someone who has maybe ongoing issues to kind of reach out and i feel like i somehow weirdly attract that type of people yeah. which is brilliant it's, because it's, it's because because you're personal and relatable 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're a person, you're not a number. Um, yeah, and that obviously yeah. breeds off into how you talk to people, how you relate to people. It's, it's very important, you know, so, some as a personal trainer and a, and, a, and a coach, you know, our jobs are to not only help people lose weight and X, Y, Z, but we're, we interact with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our job is to get the best out of people and to educate people and to make sure that they're getting to where they want to be um, yeah. and giving them value. I think that's one of the biggest factors. And obviously what you're doing with all your social media, you're giving value 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 yeah, um, yeah and people will come to you that appreciate you know that content that you produce and the value you're giving them and they want more from you because you're mm-hmm. a personable relatable person so yeah it all makes sense in a weird way it's good that's uh, good man. A really weird way but yeah so so we're gonna chill out a little bit now um are you a foodie favorite food and drink i don't i don't know if i am right i thought i have seen you know obviously you sent me through a wee few kind of yeah. pointers to go off in terms of questions and i sat and i really thought about it and i was like I could, you know, if I, you know, could never gain any weight ever, I would sit and I would just eat, which is fair enough. But I must just rotate. I think I, I, I hope everyone else is like this. I just rotate through like the same like twelve to fifteen foods throughout the week. Like, yeah, it sounds so boring, but to me, it's great. And then I was like, right, I need to pick a favorite. Um, <laughs> does it need to be food? Food, or can it be it like? It can be. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything specific. You know, favorite it, drink. This is gonna. You, you'll probably be sick of this. Is milk. Well, really yeah because i thought about it right? i was like right well do i have one that stands out like i like different ones for different reasons depending yeah. on what you're eating and what you're doing but i was like what is the most consistent drink in my life that isn't water gotta be milk which makes sense because i drank out of a bottle until i was about seven years of age which oh, sounds yeah, crazy not yeah. like you know my mom wasn't like rocking me to sleep or anything i was just like yo give me some more milk and then <laughs> mom was milk? like you know what you're like six or seven you should probably stop doing that and then I've just, I just keep drinking milk. Okay. Yeah. And then if I was to think of foods that I snack on, um, <clears throat> it kind of differs from week to week, but anything baked, like any, like, you know, you go to Tesco's, you go to like the bakery aisle, whether it's like cinnamon swirls, mm-hmm. donuts, cookies, like, yeah. If I open up, I got honestly PT or not, if I open a pack of cookies, they're gone. Especially with a, <laughs> if I have milk, like they're finished. Like yeah. I'm not even going to lie. Like they're gone. So it has to be that. If I had to pick normal food, I don't know, probably something boring like a steak or a pizza because that's just okay. the go-to, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So do, um, do, 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 do you have like um, where you have like do you have like one takeout a week? Do you like treat yourself to a takeout a week? Do you have something if when you feel uh, like it? What what you like with just like, as and when? Some weekends yeah. I'm like no, because like I'll always have like a Sunday dinner sit down meal sort of thing, so that kind of covers it. And then maybe on a Friday, no, usually on a Saturday night because see having like a Chinese or something before a football match. Oh my days. You wake up from a Chinese like you drank four liters of vodka, like you are dehydrated <laughs> yeah. to the max. Yeah. Sahara Desert is in your mouth, sand pouring out of it. You need some water. Yeah. So usually on a Saturday night, just whatever's going. Honestly, whether it's Chinese, Japanese, Indian, uh, flip anything. Honestly. Yeah. As long as I don't have to cook it, I'm all good. <laughs> I'm no, all good. Not, not the biggest cook then. Eh, I, it depends yeah sometimes sometimes like oh yeah i'll cook myself stir fry that's great and then sometimes like you just get done with stuff that you're doing whether it's recording or a check-in you're like i don't want to make food i don't want to make food like nope and, and to me that ends up turning into buying 30p couscous from little that you heat up with boiled water and then have pouring a tin of tuna in it and sometimes that'll just be me i'm even worse than that I, you can't get <laughs> I have, worse than i have that. um those um zero <clears throat> percent greek yogurts from aldi uh-huh. 50 grams of protein ones i'll have one of them for breakfast every day with uh-huh. um like nuts 
uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, drizzle honey. And then if it, like last night, this happened last night, it got to like half seven, eight o'clock. I hadn't eaten yet. I CBA cooking and I was like, right, pot of yogurt, pot of yogurt, front fridge, ink ball, send it home. Oh no, I, yeah. Just, just yeah. quick, quick and easy. And I'm, I'm a lazy cook. I, I like to, um, I'm, I'm stir fry central. So I'm always on the hop, always fresh chicken. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's dinner cooked in 10 minutes. I can never, I, I, I get hungry quite bad. Uh, yeah. I, I become quite a moody, narky individual mm-hmm. uh, if you starve me of food. Um, so I'm always always about like getting something cooked in ten minutes, and, and I'm and I'm happy. Well, steak's good for that, I suppose. Like, it two is, and yeah. Half, two and a half minutes each side, boiled yeah, broccoli yeah. for maybe like ten minutes if it's still like a rock. Eat it anyway, and then just yeah, yeah. But no, oh, cool. Right, so we, we're jumping in depth again. So <laughs> struggle. Uh, we had a bit of a breather there talking about food. Okay. Um, so what has been your biggest struggle uh, challenge in your life? Uh, um, how did you combat this and what did you learn? That's tough. I mean, it is a deep struggle. One, so many struggles. I suppose everyone has so many struggles. Um, let me, um, if, well, I mean, this is kind of a random struggle, but I am terrible at English. Not the spoken word as well. You may think I am based off my, you know, accent and everything, but um, like, I mean, punctuation, like, I remember the other two days ago, I said to one of my clients, I was like, oh, I really struggle with English. And they were like, no, I can tell. I was like, okay. I was like, is it that bad? They're like, no, it's readable. I was like, oh, all right. Sorry. Whoa. I'll just, yeah. Um, no, English, massive struggle, still a massive struggle. Just don't know. Yeah. Can't comprehend it. Definitely undiagnosed dyslexic or something. My wee sister is, so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, apart from the, the lighthearted struggles of the English language, um, I don't know. Uh, I suppose losing people light yeah. in like is the hardest thing in life, I suppose. Um, obviously, kind of backtracking, never knew my dad, which completely fine. Like, my mates joke about it, like, it's funny. Like, it's not like, oh, my goodness, I never knew my dad. Like, I, I don't really care, and I'm being honest when I say that. Um, so, yeah, mom had me young, single mom, with granny and granddad most days she's full-time working childhood was amazing can't complain and when i was maybe like 10 11 12 mom got married so stepdad and he had two kids so two stepsisters and then i think it must be about five six years ago now i could be completely wrong in the time frame but he got bile cancer and died which like was tough I'm not going to like sit here and say that he always like a dad to me. Like it was really, really close to him. Like he was just in my life a lot and yeah. was a male figure. So like, it was like, Oh my goodness, like I'm going to take him back. That's and especially like for, you know, seeing your mom lose your husband and all sorts of things. I think it was 16 at the time. I actually remember being in with my friends in the car out for a drive. I don't know why just 16 things. Um, and then getting the phone call and I was like, Oh, I just froze. It's like, Oh, oh okay because we knew it was coming like it come yeah. to the stage where it was like terminal and like just at home slowly deteriorating which doesn't sound nice but that's the reality of it and so he passed away then so life was kind of weird after that and just in the sense of like more so not more so for me but it was like the people around me like my younger sister who's 12 that was her dad so she was maybe like four or five yeah. six at the time and trying to like comprehend that and like weirdly me being a male figure to her who she'd like come on to and i'm like oh get off me your mommy sister but at the same time i'm like no like she's lost mm-hmm. her dad like i need to be not a dad but like you know a male good figure Again. loving all yeah. that sort of things so that was a struggle um and then two years ago covid 
Was it two years ago? It's probably be two years ago. Is I it? I think it's three, isn't it? I think it started like, three. Years yeah, ago. it could yeah. be three. I don't know. But like halfway in the COVID, and bearing in mind, as I kind of mentioned before, my granddad is my dad. Like, I mean, the man was in my life every day, lifts, money. Like, and that sounds awful me saying money, but like financial help, yeah, lift, support, yeah. love, whatever you name it, the man done it. Uh, granny was almost like a mom, and my mom almost felt like my sister because of like the age bracket. Like yeah. I'm 23 and she's 43. So it's like, she feels like an older sister, which is strange to say about your mom, but still mom. Yeah. And yeah, granddad got COVID and died through like the, I think like the part where you weren't allowed to do anything. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so he did. So he got COVID and like didn't go to the doctors. Just man was like, no, I'm fine. And then got to the point where like oxygen levels were low. I remember the ambulance was wrong. I remember dragged because my granny's house and my mom's house is very, very close. So I remember it like splits around and I remember driving around to my mom's and seeing like these blue flashing lights. And I was like, because I knew Granda was like, I thought had the cold at the time. We didn't, yeah. we didn't test or anything like that. And I remember saying to my girlfriend at the time, I was like, oh, my days. I wonder if that's at my granny's house. Like, oh shit. So I drove back around. It was, went in. It was like just no oxygen, like just not there in hysterics basically. And I remember like having to put him on like, you know, the stretcher thing, like, he was a big man, like, not massively overweight, but he's, like, my height, and he was, like, 19, 20 stone, but, like, wow, okay. car- all of his weight was in his stomach, I'm not going to try and call him overweight here, but you know what I mean, and um, big man, strong man, yeah, I uh, remember helping the ambulance people put him down onto, like, the gurney thing, taking him out, and then I remember him saying to me, he was, like, he, like, wasn't himself at all, because, obviously, low oxygen, like, deprived of the brain, like, was a wee bit, like, delirious, but then said, like, you know, if anything happens, just make sure granny's okay. And we yeah. thought not, but we thought, you know, we'd go into hospital, you know, they'll fill him up with oxygen or whatever they do, and he'll come around. He's usually never really gets a cold or anything like that. Yeah. And then like I remember a week or two went by and it slowly just was like, Yeah, he's not coming out of hospital, I don't think. And obviously it was confirmed, got COVID, whatever the case was be. And then um, it must have been like two weeks before he passed away. But he would like ring and FaceTime and we weren't allowed to go in or anything like that there. Um, and we like chat, but it just wasn't him. It was like an oxygen deprived version of him, which was so right. strange. Like he wouldn't really remember things and would like go off on tangents sometimes. But then there'd be times where it would be him. You're like, oh my goodness, this is great. But yeah, it was like yeah. Yeah, intermittently. Yeah, yeah. And like two weeks ago, two weeks before he passed, I remember sitting in bed and turning around to my girlfriend and being like, yeah, grandma's not coming home which is a weird thing to come to terms because obviously you're like oh no you pray for the best you want the best like he's going to come home but like being yeah. like the way realistic on like it shoots me in the foot all the time but like always try and be as realistic as possible which at times isn't nice sometimes can be quite morbid i was like based on like granda's health his weight his age the fact that he's a male the fact that he's got covid the fact that he's in intensive care chances are like this is my head like percentage wise like he ain't coming out yeah so like yeah. two weeks prior to him even passing, like I was almost grieving from then. Right. So when yeah. he finally did, which was quite well in a, in a weird way, it was like, we all got a phone call two weeks later, like grandma's passing away. So all and these knuckles are all kind of feel like brothers and sisters because the age gap. We all went in and we were actually were allowed to go into ICU when they were switching off the machines, which was, I mean, like traumatic. Like I just yeah. sobbed like a child, which obviously you would. Mm. um but we all went in <clears throat> you know machines were switched off things were was it was and like when he passed it was almost like i had already grieved so like during the funeral and stuff like obviously he teared up and cried a bit but i wasn't like 
catastrophically broken considering this man was like the biggest thing in my life yeah in a weird way and like there was a few family members that weren't too happy about the fact that like i wasn't massively like gurning and upset and then i tried to explain to them what i just explained to you and they were like what like just couldn't comprehend that they were like oh well grand or well dad was always coming home i was like did you not ever sit and think of the possibilities that you know he might not have came out the other end yeah which is probably i'm one of the only well i'm sure loads of people that do stuff like that but yeah those two things i mean there's been those and then the aftermath of the whole family situation after that has definitely been a massive struggle and it's still ongoing but i think to kind of summarize it what would keep me going number one which i'll not massively delve into because i'm sure other people have their opinions would be like my faith and religion that mm-hmm. i follow so that obviously kind of supports you and kind of puts yeah. your head at ease to a sense and but it's more so that anytime anything goes wrong before i get pissed off before i get angry which sometimes doesn't always work i genuinely always sit there and think that there is someone on the planet that has it so much worse yeah 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 like like i remember like like yes you didn't know your dad stepdad passed away grandma passed away i was like there's probably someone that doesn't know any of their family ever and has been shipped off to a different country has adopted parents doesn't know any of their family didn't get to spend any time with their mom and dad or granddad or grand or granny or granddad or anybody so mm-hmm. like to me that's worse so it's like you know what it's bad but it's not that bad yeah and i think so, I, th- I think also very much comes down to the individual and how mentally strong you are as well i think yeah i think obviously i i always say to people <clears> I think what even though someone can go through a tragic time and someone else can go through exactly the same time tragic time but not cope with it, with it as near as as no. well as what you do you know it's not what they do but everyone's an individual and everyone comes with stress and all the stresses differently um and I think the most important thing is that, you know, I'm going to be doing a, a, a podcast on mental health in the weeks to come with something that mm-hmm. works on mental health. Um, I think the biggest thing is that no matter how hard times get, you always, at least there's someone there you can reach out to, to always talk to, to always, you know. Yeah, yeah, you've got to. Um, like, you've got, you've got to. to have that network there regardless. Um, I, I, think, I think, you know, you're speaking about obviously grieving a little before he passed. Obviously, I, as I told you, I lost my mom earlier yeah, this year. Yeah. And, I can relate a little bit on grounds of that when you know someone's going to be passing and you know what's coming, mm-hmm. you try to work through things, you know, as much as you can to try and protect yourself, don't you? Yeah, it's um, a weird coping mechanism that not yeah. a lot of people have, but you'll slowly start to realize as people pass away in your life. And it's yeah, it's it's so strange that yeah, like your brain would go to those lengths to like almost put you in a good position. But to kind of like touch on the whole, like I don't know, like obviously mental health is massively important and it's something that i mean i I mean everybody whether they want to admit it has struggled with Mm -hmm. but like it was for me it was like i never ever like never not that i would be like too prideful or too ashamed to be like oh no i was depressed or i have anxiety i mean i get anxious over certain things yeah but like i always had because of the people that i've grown up around like always had coping mechanisms in my own head Mm -hmm. which is good to a certain degree but there has been times where like especially with my girlfriend mainly like you would just pour your heart out and cry and cry yeah. your eyes out and then you do feel better after that like it's like yeah you yeah have, sometimes there's just there's so much you can deal with no matter what you think sometimes you just need a rant or a cry or yeah whatever the case is and it kind of just hits the reset button for a while and then you just get up and go again because it is relentless it life is, is yeah. amazing but at the same time it can be like yeah one of those things yeah no, 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 no. Thank you for sharing. No, no, no sharing problem. That. that was epic. Um, so 
we'll move on to that. So, so flipping the coin. Mm-hmm. So if you could be doing anything else than what you are doing right now um, in a career path, what uh-huh. would you be doing and why? So, if like right uh, now we could click a finger and you're, you're educated in this particular thing. Any job. Anything at oh, all. Come on. Um, flip, I'm going to pick something so shit. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pick something so terrible. I'm trying to think, oh, well, what things do I kind of like now that's not fitness? I mean, I could sit here and go, oh, I'd love to be a professional footballer. Which I would, but then sometimes I see that like like they don't get treated like human beings. No. Like they get shit thrown their way 24 7, 365 days a year. Yeah. And it's like, could I cope with that? Like I even like I remember playing like a decent level of football and struggling with like weird battles in your head of are you good enough? Like constantly, which would make you play terrible. So I oh, I don't know. And um, football's definitely up there. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I'm not a professional footballer. Yeah. From like an everyday job, uh, I mean, I, I mean to say I enjoy fixing cars is a bit of a stretch. Um, that's something that like family members have done. Like grand and uncle were mechanics. Yeah, they didn't have any interest in it until he passed away, and I was like, oh, well, that's great. You know, I could have been interested in it whilst he was alive. That would have been a lot more fun. And um, I mean, yeah, I do. I don't know whether I just like the look of cars or you know. I try to fix stuff just to save myself some money from taking it to the mechanic. Yeah. Honestly, like, like, would you would you class yourself as quite a, a practical person? So obviously, we, going back to our chats before, you said you weren't very academic, and I I can relate a lot of levels. Yeah. In school, I was horrendous. Uh-huh. Like you, I got an an, an E in uh, in math, and I think I got an, a literally a, a U for useless in French. Mm-hmm. In, in my French exam, I spoke English with a French accent. <laughs> Here, so that is my, yeah, that's my, good. My, my teacher was sat there watching her face go from normal to redder and redder and redder as we got through the, the oral exam. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I, I class myself as quite practical man. I'm quite a hands-on person. So like yeah. coaching, PT, and um, things that I can use my hands with, I find myself, I quite enjoy mm-hmm. that, that process. Yeah, I will, better than I will, just, try and I will just try and put my hands at everything. Anything. Would you say that you're more practical-minded than what you 100%, are? 100%. Whether it's yeah. putting up a door, taking down a door, fixing a car, I, oh, I don't know fixing a washing machine i know these sound a lot like mechanical fixing issues but like like yeah painting just anything i think that i can do myself i will 100 give it a go like yeah no matter like well if it's practical so let me have to sit down research and stuff like oh my days i couldn't think of anything worse than at times you just have to sit down and do it but no yeah i think it's just a i hate to well, i don't hate to keep mentioning it but like that's that's just what my granddad was he just was like if you needed a door put up, you could put up a door. If you could fix a digger, you could fix a digger. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, could yeah. randomly do something. But it's just like having that kind of hands-on mechanical DIY-ish brain in your head to like problem is, solve, yeah. which helps a yeah, lot yeah. in coaching and things like that. I think it's just like, right, can I do this? I'll try it until it makes me want to like honestly beat the like I remember I my garage door has a lock on the bottom of it, right? And there's two handles. I have a coded handle on one and a bottom handle at the bottom. And I slammed the door closed one day. Didn't mean to. And the inside lock turned itself around from the vibration of the slam and locked me out. And all my days, I sat. I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to get a locksmith. I'm not going to try and find the key because it was lost 15 years ago. I will try and take the door handle off and get in. I ended up getting a hammer and with so much rage, smashing the whole thing off. I eventually got in. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll try and do as much as I can until it pisses me off. Yeah, <laughs> and then how's the garage door now? Is it? Is it? Is oh it yeah, no, I, I smashed the handle completely off, and obviously yeah. the top digit code thing still works to open the door. 
So I bought like a handle plate that just covers the massive hole <laughs> and put it on both sides. So there's Love like it. two random handles in the bottom Love of the door, it. but yeah. No, fantastic. No, quality. Um, okay, so uh, jumping about more, but a bit more back into the fitness industry now. Um, mm. So if you could change anything, <clears throat> so obviously I remember we, we, I know we follow a very non-BS approach and putting you know, yeah. factual information out there. Um, but if, so if you could change anything in the fitness industry right now that you could have an impact on right now, what, what would it be and why? Uh, I suppose it's a bit of a cop-out to say the whole thing. Um, <laughs> let me, I don't know, where do you start? Where, yeah, honestly, where do you start? Like, because we're in a, I think we're in a place now where it's information overload. So, because I remember, I mean, you'll remember slightly better and than I would just kind of like how fitness has progressed like year from year from maybe like 10, 15 years ago, kind of went from six week programs and yeah. fad diets to kind of like a wee bit better, but then like head training and stuff came in and cardio mm-hmm. was the answer. And then it kind of progressed to know you need to actually build muscle and get strong. But then you've kind of got all, I hate to say it, but the woke side of things that is kind of now almost the yeah. brand new head training or the brand new fad yeah. diets, which it's is like, the, yeah, don't eat this, don't do that, try this, try that. And everyone's answer is the best answer. Yeah. So if there was a way for me to i don't know um not have if there was a way for me to put across and to tell the world like <laughs> about all the misinformation and try and categorize it in in a weird sense so that it was so much easier to kind of go through understand. and understand yeah, yeah. and just to simplify everything for everybody I, I would just yeah if i could just push if someone Instead of going on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and people getting fed everybody, I wish yeah. there was a magic way that like they were just, I hate to say fed the correct people because you sound like a prick saying that. But no, I just... No, no, I don't think you sound like a prick like that. I think, I think the issue, I mean, it's like, um, it's something that I follow, there's a video when I'm doing this um, on my content, by Magrin, but there's something out there that, that, like you said, it was putting out some that seemed to start like some really good informative content about kind of deficit, belly fat and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. two minutes in, you started going up belly fat and then like the differences between the body using fats and carbs for energy, how your body prefers to use X rather than Z. And then obviously yeah. went on to on the spiel of like, so in depth that he didn't need to go to mm-hmm. which then to say, go to the click link in my bio and buy this special formula that will make oh, sure your body uses yeah. this instead of this for burning calories and burning fat. And I'm just like, I was like, the first minute of the video was quality. He seemed like a mm-hmm. genuine quality guy and he's, he's got thousands of followers on TikTok. Uh, but then like a minute in, you're like, the penny drops and you're like, well, oh, there, yeah. there's, there's, the, there's the scapegoat. There's the, I know. There's the I link. Think, I think if there was one thing, just like simply like, you know, I'll fix that and get rid of it. It was the fact that people think they can target fat loss in certain parts of their body. That drives me up the walls, mm. honestly, because yeah. there's just people I've come across that I, I think there's a greater portion of the population now that understand that you can't do that. Yeah, but there's also a portion of people that think that even though you've told them they can't do that, they will still continue to ask you, "Oh, I should do sit-ups so I can take fat off my stomach." Then, yeah, and I'm like, no. So if I could never hear that question again, yeah, I think that would be the one thing I would be like, "Nah, no more of that, please." That's good. I, I, I think uh, keto is a massive hype train, right? Still, still, oh. still. But it, it'll never go away. I don't think. No, no. Um, so, well, yeah, no quality answer. Um, so, um, so we're getting towards the end now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I, I like this question. I, I, I did Google a few questions that I thought I was going to ask you today, and I'm doing this for the majority of my, my future podcasts. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you wish that I asked you today that I didn't ask you, Ben? Um, anything that I this is almost like you know at the end of the interview. Yeah. And you and then like you have those questions set up for the people asking you questions. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, I think if I was to ask you a question. Obviously, you could kind of go down the line of the questions you've asked me with struggles and things like that. Um, but would would you say that? Here's a question: Do you think the online coaches and personal trainers, and this is going to be quite subjective because we both are one, so obviously, everyone listening, take it with a pinch of salt. All right, it's not that deep. Um, if do you think personal trainers and online coaches, for the most part, are undervalued? uh in every sense massively yeah i i think i think it's a massively i think i i think i think that what, what we do is, is a job is, is undervalued massively it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know I, th- I think especially in our um yeah that this question was actually is there anything i didn't ask you that you wish i did ask you mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'll answer this first well, anyway, probably yeah in a roundabout way that kind of is that um, question oh yeah yeah that's true yeah. um as you asked me, I'll, I'll answer it and then I'll let, I'll yeah, let you yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I, I think we are massive. I, th- I think especially as a, this country, especially the UK and the obesity pandemic that we're in and how much fitness and exercise and how important it is that we should be doing more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not appreciated for the, for the work we do. And I, I'm not sure that's because of the way that we're paid because we're not part of the, the, the healthcare system, mm-hmm. um, possibly because of the way that we're educated. Because as you said, you spoke about earlier in this podcast about how it's so easy to get a qual. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Could days. that be why we're not, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, 100%. That adds to it. Because, I mean, it's like, it's almost, I know, I don't know about you, but there's certain people that you come across. I haven't experienced as much just because of my time being a personal trainer and an online coach. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're like, I don't know whether you're going to a social event or a dinner or something like that. You'll sit down and I'll ask you what you do and you'll say you're a PT. And they just kind of go, oh, okay. And some people roll their eyes. Some people you can just tell by their body language, their facial expression. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, it's he's true. another one of those. Yeah, good lad. Yeah, I, I keep think, it up. I think a lot of people think that a lot of people have egos <laughs> and things like that. I think it's it's interesting dating as well, actually, because I was dating a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And people have perceptions and, and, and thoughts of how you look and how you are based on yeah. how you how you either think oh you're an egotistic pt that's up himself and oh yeah on all this on all this kind of stuff um so the, 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 we do do definitely have uh, we're branded just to, to some extent um but yeah no no i, I think we are I, I think very much so i think because because the, the the online let's face it the, especially the online coaching demographic is not measured not regulated mm-hmm. um i think because of that people's experience with one online coach to another can be completely different. Oh, you know, me and yourself, you know, we, we sing well and we, we give a good service um, to what I'm told anyway. And yeah. just blow me on trumpet. But um, I think other experiences that people have with other coaches have been, you know, questionable and, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my days. Do you know, I'm just thinking back to one of your questions. Do you know what one thing I would change about the, oh, see, this is me being me. This, you know, it probably doesn't need change. It's not big of a deal. I think you would know what you're going to say, but, but no, no, trust me. It's, it's not. You see online coaches that do check in calls with more than 10 people in them. Do you ever see these like big group chat calls? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, like why? why? In my head, like I came, I'm sure some people love it. 
the community feeling, the family feeling. I, I understand that. I get that. I'm not trying to be an asshole. But to me, I've come across with some people and they've genuinely said to me, do you think I care about what Johnny down the road is doing with his fitness journey? And they know, he's even said to me, they know I'm getting put in a massive call of 20, 10 to 20 people to mm-hmm. save time. Yeah, it's, that's, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I suppose yeah. it depends on someone's service. And if they tell you you're doing that, you're on board for it or not. But I just, I don't know, pet peeve just kind of pisses me off sometimes when yeah. I see them. It's just, so, just taking take about the, 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 the person, the, the person, the, the one-to-one support, yeah, isn't it? It's just, it's just yeah. acting on that. It's all very well if you offer something like that within like, as well as once a week that you have like a call with, with people that ask questions. Oh yeah, if you tell like the person like this is what yeah. this is, but like there's people that like, be like, oh yeah, there's a check-in call. And then, you know, you get your Zoom link, bang, 20 people sitting in front of you. What is that about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, I'd leave not, straight away. I go, yeah. no, here, no, that's not for me. I'm okay. And 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 not even to say that those people may not feel confident or comfortable talking about the issues that they have or yeah. addressing that in front of a, a world of people. You know, it's, yeah. it's not. But you're, it's I'm not also, on. you're speaking to someone who avoided PowerPoint presentations in school. The, I mean, the whole way through school. Did I do one of them? Nope. Did I really? fake sick and not go in for? Every, it is more for me. It's more the environment. I'm in front of like people that I kind of know. It's school people. But yeah. just like public speaking, me standing up with a microphone like this, which might sound nuts if you watch my content, right? Fair enough. But it's just something about that environment. I avoided every single one. Fake sick, fake injuries from football, sleeping in, just denying to go in, telling my mom, I got a park with Brazil tomorrow. Not going. <laughs> and, you know, I still haven't done one this day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why. Just can't. Yeah. I don't know. Worse something that, that may change. But that's, that's something I'm looking at getting into at the moment, public speaking, doing a, bit, <sighs> a few bits at school and stuff like that. Um, it, I, I, I've, I, I used to play the guitar when I was younger, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I used to perform in front of like thousands of people when I used yeah. to play when I was younger. Um, so that, yeah, that and help. I don't know. So, yeah. So it's, it's something I'm going to start getting into these next few weeks. I want to get into schools and be a bit, you know, use a bit of my transformation story to kind of wake help. people up and to yeah, you know, make, yeah. realize how important fitness and health is. Uh, for the majority of people, I think like it's, it's different. Like I can take a like important. if you want me to take a circuit class, brilliant. You know, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you yeah. know, I've done classes with 10, yeah. 15. I've done like a I hate it wasn't an elderly class, but there's a word for it. I can't think of it now. Um, and there's like 20, 30, 40 people there. You know, know, got a wee bit nervous, but if you told me that tomorrow you're doing a PowerPoint on fitness, like a part like a, the word PowerPoint and the actual application of a PowerPoint in front of X amount of people, you best believe I'm just not showing up. So <laughs> washing your hair busy washing yeah. your hair oh yeah just busy, yeah, yeah. busy busy really busy oh no yeah the question yeah the other question the yeah what what was it under massively undervalued i mean this is going to blow smoke up all pt and online coaches but i'm talking about good coaches right you know good coaches not you know like if you're if you're getting people in now in six weeks unless we've got a wedding or a holiday in the off chance that is somewhat okay like i understand that but i mean for good coaches who have dedicated their lives whether it's a physio whether it's a nutritionist whether it's a pt whether it's an online coach whatever aspect avenue of fitness that you're in name me another profession that provides you with knowledge and content that not only betters your life the people around you the relationships that you're in and that you have that information for the rest of your days and you use it until probably the minute you kick the bucket i don't think there's very many and you know and then people want to complain about prices and stuff like that like take that into consideration and then come back to me because i think let's say for example let's say let's say 100 pound for online coaching and you mm-hmm. do it for 12 weeks 300 pound you could learn 
stuff that could change the next 40 years of your life inside 12 weeks for 300 pounds and people just don't want to educate themselves yeah you don't have the money that's totally fine understand it. loads of free content out there if you've got the time go look at it you know we've all been there we've all done it but i think that is one of the main things about this industry that just is like wow yeah no 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 you you you're bang on there i think um yeah i think that's the nine of us done through our schooling systems to educate people um and then oh, yeah. you know, I, I i think that there should be more of we should have more links through i mean there are obviously pts that that, that work with doctors and so forth but i think mm-hmm. there should be more in tow with us and and you know the, the professional medical demographic because the more the more people that are fitter and healthier and have less weight on them less impact that has on the national health service the less impact that has never oh yeah more productive so, many, so much disease you know. is, is derived from like it or but not being bigger whether whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not and that's what people or the government want that's another question i suppose that's yeah. another podcast that's a different podcast that's what that is <laughs> we'll say that, so we'll yeah, that yeah. for another day another day um so yeah so on that on that on that note we'll um <clears throat> we'll call that we'll call that a wrap there i'm quite my clients know me for saying that's a wrap yeah um so uh, to finish off, obviously, thank you, for having, thank you for coming on, Ben. Mostly no appreciate your time. Yeah, um, but most importantly, if my listeners want to come find you on socials, uh, your TikTok on that, if you want to give some, some information, uh, Let, that'd be awesome. I mean, this is my first time doing this, so listen up closely. Um, if you want to find me on social media, I mean, your best bet is Instagram and TikTok. If you type in Coach Campbell with three L's at the end, Campbell usually has two, but someone stole the username. So Coach Campbell with three L's at the end, Instagram, TikTok, reach out, drop me a follow. Uh, yeah, that's the best place to find me. Awesome. Thank you. So, yes, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the first uh, guest on the podcast. So, again, thank you for coming on. No problem. Um, it's been a great chat. If, if you guys would like to, uh, for, to me and uh, Ben to come on and, and speak some more jargon in the future, uh, let us know. Give us some critical feedback. 100%. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. So thank you again, Ben. And I'll, uh, yeah, thank I'll you very much. See you later.